Hello, ADHD gang. Welcome to a new and exciting episode of ADHD Explorers. ADHD Explorers. Welcome. It's Ben and Eddie. Back again. This time, things are getting steamy because we're talking about hypersexuality. Naughty. But we're going to try our best to be open and just talk about the real issues um, without any taboo so we can just like work through the issues people have and what it's like being an adhd with a sex drive mm-hmm. or not. So we asked um, our audience about their experiences. Um, I didn't have the story up for a full day, so I didn't get too many replies. But I asked, you know, are you hypersexual? Do you feel like you have a higher sex drive than average? And we did get a few responses. Um, and it's interesting because I have looked into this a little bit before and there apparently is a correlation between people with ADHD and hypersexuality or just being more sexual than the average person. Um, shall we yeah, first maybe, feel it. yeah, like talk about our, experiences there so I totally makes sense yeah you go yeah (laughs) I feel like yes (laughs) basically yes sex is good um and I like it a lot (laughs) (laughs) um and I think from speaking to my other friends who are women or people with vaginas that Mm. I seem to have a higher sex drive or higher level of sexual desire than a lot of my friends. Um, and like, even when I was on birth control, the pill, which is apparently supposed to take your sex drive down, then I still was like, I want to have sex all the time. Um, so (laughs) yes, yes, sex is good. (laughs) And I think probably if I did my head count, it's a lot higher than the average for a woman. Let me just see. We've what got is to get it? that dopamine hit, fam. And it's such a good, it's such an easy one to go for. In my experience, like I feel like I'm quite sexual too. I definitely want it way more than my neurotypical wife. And I got to masturbate a lot to kind of uh, get the dopamine flowing. And it actually really helps, I find, to get that dopamine flowing. Um, I just looked I up the average <laughs> average number of sexual yeah, partners uh, for in the United States is 7.2. Oh. Let's just say that I beat that number. <laughs> yeah. By quite a bit. I think I'm in the 40s or something. I'm trying to hit 50 like, this year. Let's be honest. Trying to, trying to hit okay. 50 this year. Pretty close. I believe in you, Addy. You can do it if you work hard and train. Work hard, send just like the Olympians. <laughs> train hard like the, the Olympians. Olympics. To the, yeah, to on, the like Olympics of dick sitting. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, maybe, I don't know what it is. We, should, we definitely, maybe we feel the horniness strong too because we can feel all the emotions. Yeah, so, I mean, that kind of goes on to, I've been reading this one article, which is how having ADHD can impact your sex life on us.news. And it interviews this one clinical psychologist in a private practice who who, um, 
is a chair on the board for ADHD adults and children. And they talk about, you know, like the differences in men and women and uh, their sex drives. And, and they say that women um, it, who have ADHD tend to have the sex drive of a non-ADHD man, which is already higher than the average woman, right? So often you'll find, well, that's what they say. You'll find like, if there's a woman with ADHD and a man who doesn't have it, then actually they can kind of match but obviously everyone is so different every neurotypical every person with adhd has like different levels of sex desire um, but they're just saying on average we match a non-adhd man but then the other way around if it's a man and a woman and the guy has adhd he tends to be way higher <laughs> and need wow. more sexual experiences than his non-adhd partner that is it's kind of interesting because as an ADHD with a non a neurotypical wife, I definitely find that my sex drive is way more than hers. Mm. Mm -hmm. And it's like interesting. I think you mentioned before we started recording about how a lot of people are kind of what are people, people with ADHD sometimes find it hard to initiate because of mm. that fear of rejection. And I can definitely attest to that. I think that like, you know, there's a different, even if you like learn all the like tips and tricks from the internet about how to initiate, there's a difference between when you actually do it. But I think like, I've had that conversation with my wife and I've gotten a lot more casual about it now. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not like scared to say, hey, do you want to do this? Are you interested in this? Mm -hmm. I'm feeling like this. Do you want to maybe go to the play park, you know? <laughs> um, and, and it's and it's and it's kind of like you can make it fun and make it like way less the hardest bit is like if they say no you know that's I do feel like ah, yeah I sometimes. think that we probably take it more personally than some other people like I really put in my last relationship he I'm I'm pretty sure it's demisexual. So that's when you can only have sex with someone when you're in love with them and only when you're in like the right mood, basically. And so essentially like it has to be like all the right settings. Mm. Very specific. Um, I think the term for that is where there's like high levels to necessitate, if you know what I mean, like to get into the, they need more gas basically to get the engine going. Whereas like right. we barely need any gas. It's like little hint of <laughs> just, just, just a hint. I smell like, gas. <laughs> yeah. Whoop, I'm ready to go. <laughs> I just sat up like an erection. Um, <laughs> There's a gas 20 miles away. Like a mosquito. Um, and I found that when he didn't want to, after I tried to initiate, if he didn't want to say it, I took that really personally. And sometimes it really affected my um, oh yeah sense of self-worth yeah yeah totally and I think it's especially in women because we are like put up to the standard of like you have to meet your male partner's sexual needs if you're you know heterosexual and all that um yeah. and so we put or we're told by society that like a lot of our worth comes from our sexual gratification whatever I don't know and so then when you are the one who's more sexual and you try to initiate and that gets rejected. It's like, oh, I'm worthless yeah. as a person, which is yeah. not true. And I am trying to learn to not associate my sexual fulfillment with my self-worth, but it's a mm. process separating those things. Yeah. It definitely, to initiate, it definitely takes that like 
I don't know. I was going to say it takes that vulnerability and it definitely does, but it also takes taking it less seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, like you could give it a fun name, like splodge time. <laughs> yeah, we used to and, call it know? snoo snoo. Snoo snoo. That's nice. Time for snoo snoo. And then, and then it, it makes it, instead of having all this like weight that comes with a word such as sex, like there's mm. so much weight on that in our society. You know, it like, relates typically to penetration and sex doesn't have to be that you know yeah yeah it's so true dynamic there's so much more than just like penis and vagina is sex and so like if (laughs) if the person with the penis can't get an erection like there's still a lot of other sexual things you can do yeah Um, and same with like the person with the vagina can't get lubricated like there's other things that you can do that are still fun and even if it's just like snuggling together when you're naked that's still sex and it's still really nice (laughs) gosh that's nice to hear actually it takes so much pressure off yeah to see it like that any physical touch one of the comments that we got um in response to the question was from orlin underscore vpm and he said Hey, from eight times a day, if solicited by my partner to zero a month, if not, crying face. I've got to choose a partner who doesn't behave as I do and wait for solicitation. Another issue is to hyper-focus sometimes and sex is awesome. Other times, focus will disappear with a small distraction and the eggplant will stop functioning. (laughs) Wow. So those are kind of two different things, but the, the first part is about, yeah, like, waiting for solicitation I feel like I kind of got into that habit a little bit sometimes with my ex-partner was that I because I he wanted it less often I stopped initiating because I was like okay well I'll wait for him when he's ready and then it basically would never never happen yeah yes yeah and then I was like frustrated and then I would get annoyed about it or upset about it and it's not the right reaction either um but it's about did you ever you know, work it out? Mm, like, what would you say would be a solution? <laughs> at one point, we were looking at opening up our relationship so that I could get sex <laughs> elsewhere. Uh, but that doesn't work for everyone. Um, yeah. And and then he no. did tell me like sometimes he isn't in the mood, but if I start things up, he can get in the mood. Right. They and that's what that, we forget uh, as well. Yeah. You know, sometimes it yeah. that that they that people can get into the mood from if you start. Yes. Yeah. Cause there's three areas of there's sexual arousal, which is like what your body is doing physically. There's sexual desire, which is like the want, the, the urge to do sex basically. And then there's, um, there's a third one. Basically there's like three elements that when they all fit together, it's like ideal. But if just two of them are present, you can do stick stuff as well. <laughs> I like the idea of, like, sometimes I'm so, like, uh, I can get, like, horny in, like, 30 seconds. Yeah. It's so, like, immediate. If I see something that visually triggers me, then boom. But I think... My pants rub me the wrong way or the right way. A partner, I feel, yeah, I feel like sometimes it's, like, you have to be, you know when you order food and you're not hungry, but your partner orders food and you're, like, damn, that smells good. Yeah, and then you get hungry. <laughs> I, yeah, right. If you like, the sausage sells the sizzle. The sizzle sells the sausage. They say so. Like, 
if you if you just start cooking some stuff, maybe that could yeah. be a solution. And by cooking, you mean <laughs> taking your clothes off? <laughs> I guess I don't know. Or like kissing or like rubbing their leg or something yeah sometimes it can be you've experienced that arousal part already and the desire but they maybe have a little bit of desire and the arousal's not there yet and so you just need to kind of start doing something and then the arousal will come naturally Um, yeah even with no expectations i think it makes a well my experience is mostly with females but like yeah i think that helps like take it take it easy and no, no, no pressure at all yeah you know, and just be like hi i love like, you like if this is just us kissing and then it just ends us up making yeah. out for a while that's fine and if that turns into you know penetration that's also great if it doesn't yeah. that's fine and not having that expectation that like any sexual encounter will always end in big orgasms and penetrative sex. right i think that's nice and especially like there's little nibbles that i think are nice to do like if you just kiss a little bit and then you know it doesn't always have to go any further but that, I think that builds that con- it's almost like a conversation mm. it builds that conversation into your relationship I I feel. saw something the other day on Instagram that was like couples that have sex more do these things and one of them was kiss each other more not just when they're having sex basically it's just oh, like they kiss each other nice. throughout the day and that kind of like yeah it like, gives us like preclude to you know we are a sexual couple actually because what what do you think about touch touch is huge i feel Mm. in adhd minds because i definitely feel when my goop is away and i i don't feel like i need her like a like a dopamine medicine to like hold her in my arms and it makes me feel so good it makes my blood change color you know, <laughs> that makes sense. It makes my blood change it color. Warms, it warms it up. You know what I mean, <laughs> I need it. I'm an addict, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. I love physical too. touch. Love physical touch. Like yeah. just a hug, just being like smushed. I love smushed. that. Or yeah, smushed. I love being smushed. Or like yeah. giving them a head rub or a back rub. Someone touching my Ooh. hair. Just like any physical touch is like super nice. But then on the flip side of that, I think there is, and this is also talked about in that article I mentioned where they say a lot of ADHD individuals have hypersensitivity to touch. And so it's like just, I think along those lines of any any hint of something sexual, you get boom, right? And it's the same with like any touch, like a hand rub on the leg. I'm like, whoop, I'm wet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not always but like you know <laughs> splash <laughs> leg but in that same sense because of that hypersensitivity it means that like once I get things going and after I've had an orgasm then I'm like really sensitive more so than I think other people are so I'm like after I've come I'm like don't touch me <laughs> <laughs> Be gone. Yeah, and I think it's some partners take that as um for them as kind of rejection. If they don't have ADHD and they're not that hypersensitive, because I think some ADHDers maybe they want more sex, but they need less um physical touch because they're already so sensitive. So like a small amount gives them a lot, you know? Wow. And so then maybe the other partner 
experiences that I oh, like you don't need all of x y and z you only need x and so they think I'm not doing enough but really that partner is getting as much as they uh, neurotypical would from just one thing instead of three things or whatever wow. it's definitely different like amounts of sensitivity mm-hmm. that can be had I'm thinking I'm thinking like I definitely think like when it comes to touch alone I think that generally in the western world we're very touched up yeah, we are, like what this. do they call it, an elbow length culture? But actually now after COVID, I think we are like an arm length culture. Oh, you know, yeah. after this year, we're so used to being apart from people. Now it's slowly yes. getting back, but I really hope we get back to just being like smush in the face. <laughs> the, difference, the difference I remember, and don't worry, Addy, smushing is coming um, <laughs> worldwide. Um, yeah, like when COVID, is, I don't know when the moment will be or if it'll ever, you know, whenever, but it'll be cool. They'll put a flag and it'll be like, COVID is over. Smushing oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> imagine. But the thing that taught me the most about how sex stuff we are is when I, I went to South Africa and the kids would just hug you for no reason. <laughs> Not sex stuff when it's kids. No, 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 no sex stuff, but like just like... <laughs> There in that culture, every yeah, they just hug everyone. Whereas in the and UK, always... when I worked in schools, I wasn't allowed to hug the children. Like if they came up and they wanted to hug me, yeah. I could like let them hug my leg, but I wasn't allowed to hug them back. Oh, it's tough, isn't it? I I see why they do the rules, but then isn't that sad though? When it's a bit more relaxed, it's yeah. It, I think it actually makes more secure mm-hmm. people in a way because. You have that, it, it's like chemical reassurance when you get hugged. Yeah, it you is. Know, it literally releases oxytocin and props to me. And we're also then teaching those children in England that their feelings are not reciprocated and they are not loved back or cared for back, right? Because if they're trying to give you a hug saying, I care for you, I think you're great. And then you're saying, you can't do that back. That you, You're not reciprocating that emotion essentially and physically. physically. Yeah, when and I just watch, a hug I watch a from an adult to a child should mean just I think you're great and I care about you, and it should not be anything more than that. But that's because we're right. so physical touch starved, we automatically sexualize any physical touch in right. the Western world, right? Seriously, yeah, yeah. I um talking about uh, I was going to talk about professional huggers. There are professional oh. huggers that. Their mission in, in life is to help people not be touch starved. And there's nothing sexual about the hugging. Mm-hmm. And they like suss out people to make sure it's not a sexual thing beforehand. And they have all these different hugging positions. And people get it for like reassurance. They do it when they're lonely. There's a blind guy who is a professional hugger. And he said that it's the first time in his life being a professional hugger. It's his first time in his life where he's felt useful as a human being. Oh, that's so sad. He's the most sweet-hearted guy. And I just, uh, I, I, I want to spread that message as far as I can. It's especially like another way we can talk about this is when it comes, when I'm like super moody, I'm in, in like the moody mode, mm-hmm. right? And I am not my normal self. I'm overtaken. I'm being hijacked by the moody hormones or whatever. If I am like hugged in that moment, it mm. like switches 
the switch. Yeah, we talked about this before, right? Like, like what's the things that help you when you're in that mo- mode and you can't talk? And it's like, yeah, yeah, hugs. Just hug me. Just squish me. Just make me feel loved. I think physical touch in general is great, right? We love it. Um, should we read out a couple of our... Oh, yeah. Let's go responses? to... The comments. So this person wrote okay. three. I'm guessing they go one, two, three. You want to read those? Uh, sorry, Can I, I make it bigger? I and read some. Oh, wait, you've got them up. Sorry, everybody listening. Hit the hug for me, Soz. Okay, I'm going to read these. Okay, one response. I'm asexual, but I also, I don't really, but also, I don't really think I would enjoy sex because I would get overstimulated. Not yeah. sure. Oh, I, hmm. That's interesting. That's interesting. Well, I'm fascinated to see where that goes. It's like the first part of a story. I'm dying to know. Yeah, because... I can imagine for some people, because of that hypersensitivity, that they might get overstimulated. I can yeah. see how that would, because I think, um, you know, there's a big overlap between autism and ADHD. And there, I think, are a lot of yeah. autistic people who do get. Um, overstimulated and overwhelmed by sex um because it is a lot (laughs) i feel like i end up in that hyper focus mode of like sex is good let's do the thing (laughs) but i can can see how other people would yeah in another way like i'm on the autistic spectrum and one problem i had was not being able to read signals whatsoever or not knowing the I don't know not knowing that you you have to like touch your partner first (laughs) and they kind of jump in and all this like it's it was so unobvious to me that it took years of messing up hugely to just uh, get a groove on (laughs) by messing things up so this person creative dot dump said, I have a hypothesis that ADHD makes you less satisfied with dopamine response, hence the drive, because when you have sex on weed, you end up satisfied and fulfilled, which brought me to think that if it's the way normal people have it, that their hunger is satisfied with high dopamine response. I can see there being some kind of, you know, hypothesis in that. That could make sense because we need more dopamine to get the same levels of satisfaction so kind of related to this i so my current partner also has adhd and the first time we had sex we had sex three times in a row for an hour and a half two hours straight and like very like (laughs) like rough exercise hard sex what did he call it he said rabbit sex he's like do you think that that's just like ADHD is just really get into that? Like, <laughs> because it's that high dopamine, like sex. Do you know what I mean? It's like more yeah, quote unquote hardcore. It's not like hardcore sex, but I feel like, I wonder if there's a, there's a higher uh, amount of ADHDers who are kinky than, oh, yeah. um, you know, neurotypicals maybe. Maybe because mm. I'm, I'm a bit kinky, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sometimes I like to be tied up and I like like rough sex. 
and sometimes mm. I like it loving and but then I feel like mm. I always get a little bit more bored with it. it's like slow loving sex you know what I mean and I kind of get bored yeah, and I like drift off and I'm like oh just grab my hair like spank well, me well like blindfolded and tied up there's so much less things to think about mm. that you can focus so the, on the sensation better yeah exactly the sensation is more intense because <laughs> lol it's do his top tips uh, <laughs> yeah blindfolded <laughs> oh my god we are the worst but i <laughs> but i think that and you know what the person is saying that we're less satisfied with a regular dopamine hit that maybe that's why myself my current partner some other people that I've met, <laughs> I'm more inclined to go for this like kind of rough rabbit sex. <laughs> yeah, get that stimulation. Exactly. Another person said, uh, said definitely hypersexual, lol. Yeah, there's another one. <laughs> Here's another comment. I became hypersexual after I started taking Prozac, which is prescribed to me by my psychiatrist. Interesting. Interesting, because that is an anti-anxiety medication. So I wonder how that worked. Maybe because they it was helping to get rid of their anxiety, so it was taking away some of the anxiety Uh, that they previously had about having sex, and then they were more free and more open to do the sex. I've definitely (laughs) noticed, like, when my wife is in a stressed mode, that the sexuality just goes off the table mm. you know if there is any stress or anxiety and so it definitely like it, i guess it low, lowers a priority of sex you know if, if you're in trouble as a you know when we we're growing up as cavemen we're not going to just have sex are we in the middle of a yeah that makes situation. sense because when you're stressed and you know anxious you release cortisol and i imagine that Probably one of the things cortisol does is, yeah, it like removes anything that's superfluous to existing, right? Or to just immediate survival. And yeah, if you're going off and banging while someone's chasing you, <laughs> probably not the best. Banging idea. very long. <laughs> exactly. Worst orgasm ever. <laughs> you're lucky. Uh... I don't know about average, but definitely I get distracted. Like, what's that thing on the wall or the shopping list? I've seen this come up on the forums over and over as people getting distracted during sex. I have. Any tips for that? Yeah, okay. I don't know. I, or sometimes I think about other people. <laughs> well, whatever helps you, mate. Or like, sometimes I'm just planning out my away. day. Sometimes it's like a nice physical thing to do and I'm like, I need to do the washing. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's not um, good sex, <laughs> especially. Oh no! No, yes. yeah. Dim the lights, <laughs> then you can focus a bit better. Dim the lights. Light. Dim the lights, Put and at least you're not looking at anything. Put a blindfold. Blindfold <laughs> on again. That's gonna be the top tip. <laughs> ADHD is branded blindfold. Get them at the merch store right away. Floggers. That's a product. Um, Someone called the Psychos Pass said, I have been told I'm extremely aggressive. One guy said, intimidating, in quote marks, can't see why. Do you know what's funny is that I have been told that when I have an orgasm, I look angry. (laughs) 
At least you can write that on your report card. You know. Orgasms <laughs> angrily. Angry. I don't think there should be any judgment about what faces you make when you orgasm. No, no one's come face should be judged. I do never want to worry about that. That's at the bottom of my to-do list. Yeah. I worry about my orgasm face. It's going to be what's going to be. And I think when you <laughs> express yourself, it's better. Express yourself. Express yourself. Here's a comment. I never knew that ADHD and hypersexuality were connected. I definitely have a higher sex drive than most. And there's been times when I've finished with one guy and still felt like I had to go meet someone else. I've been slut-shamed for sleeping with a lot of people. But I love how sexual I am, and I find it super empowering. I don't mind about not being anonymous. Thank you, (laughs) Newt.thea. Definitely not anonymous. I definitely know what you mean. Damn. Like... I don't think, okay, for all those who want to embrace their inner slut, there's a book called The Ethical Slut. Oh, yes. I haven't read it yet, but I have heard some of the quotes from it, and I'm like, yeah. Bing, bang, bong. Yeah, we're <laughs> in a new age now. Let's get rid of the taboo. Just go and have sex. If the other person wants to have sex, have sex. Yeah, as long so, as it's consensual so, and everybody is enjoying themselves. Yeah. Keep yeah, doing what you're doing. And you're having safe sex. Whatever that means for yeah, you, nice. get tested nice regularly. One, if you if you're having sex with multiple people, just make sure you're getting tested. No shame in it, and keep everything above board. Use condoms Is there like and a birth control. Test kit you can keep on you because that'd be so handy. Like wow, that would be so partners. nice. Yeah, but no, you have <laughs> you to go an hour, hour to, to the clinic. <laughs> oh, that, I think that Just is the hardest oh. part about getting sexually. Uh, t- tested right is the actual going to the clinic because it's like yeah. so much work. Yeah, that's a good old book an appointment. Oh my god, the the admin side of it is the hardest part. I don't care about Dude, the swabs. Go to a concert. You know, I'm so I would love to go to a concert, and I've never have because you have to like book a ticket. <laughs> <clears throat> I've missed so many festivals and stuff yeah. just because I don't know. I don't know. I'm busy. I feel busy. Playing video games, you know? Yep. Oh my God. I discovered my ADHD not for a long time. And now you tell me that hypersexuality is a symptom. Wow. I'm realizing this as well. I only found out, was it, I think last year that hypersexuality or being overly sexual is related to ADHD. And I was like, what? what? This makes me feel like way more myself though, you know? I definitely, I'm so, such a sexual person. And I feel like I've only started to say that kind of recently, but here like Embrace it. Yeah, same. Because, you know, you get slut shamed, especially as a woman, you get slut shamed for being like, I like sex. I have sex with lots of people. Um, and sometimes, yeah, I still feel the taboo around it, which is so stupid because it's like, it's fun. Everyone I'm doing it with is happy that I'm doing it with them. <laughs> they're not I, complaining no there are no complaints my resume is very good increasing the happiness quotient worldwide bit by bit dick by dick <laughs> <laughs> congratulations oh, it's so good. <laughs> um what did someone else say oh yeah I, I was just 
I think my that's... issue with impulsivity have led me to have 200 plus partners in the past six years, which I absolutely do not slight shame whatsoever. I feel a lot of shame and guilt about circumstances I've gotten myself into just for that instant dopamine hit. Now that I'm in a healthy, stable relationship, my sex drive has mellowed out and I'm perfectly content with having sex one to three times a week. Thank you, Nick, at Moral wow. Panic Instagram. Um, you know what? I, I, okay. Yeah, okay. Can, go, go, yeah. go. Okay. <laughs> I definitely had this stage in my life. I think mm-hmm. that having knowledge that there could be someone out there that I could like hump like was a constant like thing on my mind in a way Mm. you know like it was always like it was almost like a a game or something that I could I don't know I got really badly dumped in a really sad situation and I was just it was it was like a it's like a game but like since I've been in a relationship it has felt like my mind has cleared a bit because I'm not constantly thinking about oh what girl am I going to be with next you know Mm. what do you think I'm going to be with next yeah I had I definitely had periods of time like my 25th year was active (laughs) and uh, (laughs) right now post fiance breakup has been relatively active just you know there's been a bit of a dip because of covid but but so if covid wasn't around i would be humping so many people <laughs> you're talking like a, a stock market analyst for your first time <laughs> there's been and a dip there was a bit of a dip in 2018 i also love how they're saying i'm content with having sex one to three times a week um which I love because I follow a YouTuber and content creator called Hannah Witten, um, who anyone who doesn't follow her, she's great. And um, she does a lot of talk about sex, sexuality, you know, female bodies, all sorts of things. Um, Very, very sex positive creator. And she talks about how, you know, there's this magic mark of two times per week or whatever it is, three times per week. That's like the healthy relationship, sex frequency, blah, blah, blah. She was like, that's, bullshit as long as the sex you're having is really good and you're enjoying it whatever it is that's what matters it's about quality not quantity it's not like and I think I got that stuck in my head a bit in my last relationship I was like we're having sex once a week and max and that's not enough but then I now have flipped that mentality a little bit in my head and I'm like as long as the sex I'm having is good it doesn't matter if it's less frequent that's what matters right because 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 what what's the point of having like sex lots if it's not good for either of you you're just doing it for the sake of doing it like that because i feel like sometimes if there's just like just passionless quickies you don't get that oxytocin magic you know yeah it's the dopamine without the oxytocin right right yeah so i feel like you're saying that that quality sex leads to more bonding. I think you don't so. Feel like I, I can see that. That makes a lot of sense. I, mm. I, Although I still, on the flip side, I still do with my current partner. I've seen twice yeah, a day, yeah. three times a day. <laughs> there are no rules, really. But uh, we're also it's a new relationship, 
So it's exciting. And we both have ADHD and we're both very sexual people. So it's like, check, check, check. If you left us alone, we'd probably just fuck. <laughs> You're living your biological dream. Um, but on the note of the oxytocin, first time I told him I loved him was during sex. <laughs> because it was really like good lovey sex and I was like I love you and then afterwards or the next day I was like oh you make my brain feel good and it's like oh so it was just it was just the oxytocin then that's why you said it and I was like no I do I love you I do love you during sex you can say it's more say whatever you want yeah well I think it's a nice atmosphere to be in if do the dishes like <laughs> you are in this kind of state of mind where you're like completely naked physically and mentally in a way yeah you're expressing your truth and i think it's very so, raw yeah i've read that somewhere um <laughs> <laughs> but i think i think that's nice to have that like open space which i'm sure happens a lot in ADHD relationships because there's so much like novelty that comes in with that mm. which is very fun novelty people. seeking through sexy town <laughs> yeah like it will always be mixed up and juicy i feel you know mm. less likely to fall into a little patterns. so on the flip side of things do you think that sometimes hypersexuality can be an issue yeah totally. it can get too much Totally. Like, especially for people in relationships, if they're hypersexual, I feel like that could lead to a lot of issues if, if someone's not getting satisfied. I think I've read a bit on the forums of people experiencing this, and there's there different ways to deal with it. And I feel like I've just started masturbating a lot more. Mm-hmm. And my partner said he masturbates things. every morning and if he doesn't then um he just focuses on sex all day but if he masturbates wow. in the morning gets it off your mind and masturbation is a valid form of sex yeah like it's <laughs> so cool that we as humans can do that you know like, yeah wow thanks for that <laughs> you know like damn and some um, of the best sex i've had has been with myself <laughs> Oh my gosh, lol, treat yourself. Yeah, but, get um, yourself a nice little like, vibe or a big one. If we're in the same room, you know, I, I've recently made it, well, it's listening as we've talked about it in our relationship, um, it's become more normalized to just masturbate, even if you're in the same room, especially in lockdown, yeah. if you get so frustrated otherwise, and no one's always going to be super ready to go, go, go. And I, I found a nice way to deal with it. Yeah, sometimes with my ex, I'd be like, "Well, I'm going to masturbate in bed," and that would actually get him aroused. You know, Helen, <laughs> I think it's important to share that because you don't want to just be like hiding in a cupboard next to them, being like, <laughs> "Yeah, just breathing," and they're all missing out <laughs> like a monkey. I think that's the noise that happens. That's the noise. <laughs> 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 Yeah. Yeah, cupboards. Yeah. <laughs> find you in a cupboard, like. <laughs> yeah, right. Isn't that how it happens? I don't know. Uh, no, it's... but yeah, I think we need to normalize 
masturbation especially for women because so yeah. many girls i know never masturbated until they were like older in their mid-20s 30s even because they were told that like it's gross and you shouldn't do that you shouldn't oh. touch yourself da, da, da. and it's like no touch yourself because then you also learn about what your body likes your body yeah yeah what you nerve connections to be, mm. to be able to feel the sensations that are there yeah and because everybody's body is different so like every person you have sex with is going to be different so if you know how you like to touch yourself you can tell your partner how you like to be touched because otherwise they'll just come in and do what they did with the last person and hope it works <laughs> oh, right yeah, that's right that's really true yeah wow <laughs> we're all learning a lot here but i um wanted to talk about a little bit about um if it's becoming an issue so like I haven't had it so much, but I, I definitely had times where I'm like masturbating like three, four, five, eight times a day because I'm just like, mm. <laughs> but yeah. um, if it gets to the point where you are like not focused on work, missing appointments, doing other things because you're either having sex, thinking about sex, masturbating, watching porn, and so that point where it's like the only thing you think about, then it's probably an issue. Um, and I would talk to someone about it, but one thing that I saw is that apparently Concerta as ADHD medication, um, has helped some people. So there is some correlation between it, reducing your sex drive, making you less hypersexual so that essentially it takes you down to like a normal level. (laughs) Wow. There are some really cool top tips in the subreddit, which is called NoFap. (laughs) for those people who are like want to break and they do these like month-long masturbation breaks Mm. like reset their dopamine system and there's some really good top tips i've seen in there which are things like uh take a shower when you get triggered like you really want to go for one uh like if it's the eighth time that day or you know whatever you're having a problem then they say you're raw a shower you can eat something you can drink you can go work out as a parent. Mm. It really is such a physiological experience. Mm. You know? Yeah, that's in the same cool. way that, like, they say. I think in one uh, Atomic Habits or something, they say like, if you have an addiction to something, you can replace it with something similar. So, like, if you have a sex addiction, you can replace it with like, like going on an intense run can be as stimulating for you in that same way or if Mm -hmm. you like um uh love scrolling youtube there's other ways you can get that stimulation like i know dancing like crazy or you know this i don't know how to word it i can't remember that well but that was the gist you can replace it with something similar but like in a healthier vibe and it still Mm -hmm. gets it's a way to replace that habit in a really juicy way Hmm. I'm just reading some more like on Healthline it says that um for some people with ADHD having sex basically can um reduce restlessness and gives a feeling of calmness because it releases endorphins and I think that's true it's in the same way that exercise does so it's like you um 
it helps you feel better. And that's true. You know, sometimes after I masturbate or after I've had sex, mm. I'm like, oh, I can focus on things now. <laughs> yeah. And I'm calm now. Just, you know, when you're in like a dump, like you're in the dumps. Yeah. And you just don't know how to get out of it. I definitely feel a hormonal difference after I've masturbated. Mm-hmm. And it's so, it's so easy, you know? It's <laughs> like, wow, okay, I can live my life now. I'm not yeah. going to be sad anymore. <laughs> Just you go know, jack off. Easy. Bing, bang, bong. Hope you good in. That's what they taught me in school. <laughs> masturbate to focus. If you are sad, just masturbate, you know? No, the teachers are too scared, but we're not scared to say it. No, we go masturbate. Um, in fact, it, did, it does also say that, you know, ADHD people may engage in more risky sexual practices because we have less impulsivity. Oh. Shit. okay well what is that what is that bring a condom with you everywhere yeah yeah and normalize carrying condoms with you normalize women carrying condoms men carrying condoms so i i went on the first date uh and only date a few months ago and survival situations sorry just condoms to mention that (laughs) they can hold up to a liter of water oh wow okay now i'm done Continue your story. You were on a first date. <laughs> and you can and I was carrying a liter of water in a condom. And she's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Just turn up to a first date carrying, like, instead of a water bottle. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> this huge globby sack of water. It's like weirdly slippery. <laughs> I wonder why no one comes back. <laughs> Huh? And you then I wonder why, why no one comes back. <laughs> yeah, well, I bet in Castaway the first script had that in it. He was hoarding water in the condoms. It's useful, man. If you want to mm-hmm. walk and there's a river next to you, you're welcome. I'd probably save your life at some point. <laughs> save someone's life, hopefully. Yeah. Carry condoms. Um, so yeah, I went on this first date. I hadn't had sex in a while. Okay. So I was kind of like, I don't know. It's COVID. Don't know if I want to meet up with this guy straight away. And then I was like, um, had a falling out with my best pal because of something. And so I was emotional. So I kind of, um, was more inclined to impulsivity. So I was like, well, fuck it. I'm going on a date with this guy, basically with the mindset of like, we're going to hook up and came back to mine after a couple of drinks and we're starting to get funky and then he is ready to just like go in raw and I'm like I don't know you like do do you have a condom and he was like no I didn't bring them I didn't think we were gonna have sex I didn't want to be presumptuous and I was like it's better to have them and not use them and I was like also ooh, you don't know me you don't know my sexual history like why are you just ready to go in there lol and then before sex yeah well I didn't say those exact words but I was just like, <laughs> you know, thinking that. And but then no, good for you though. Yeah. Seriously. I had condoms, but they were shitty condoms. And he was like, oh, these are uncomfortable. Blah, blah, blah. You know, like the ones they give you at the clinic that are like really like not good ones. And yeah. um, yeah, like super thick and like barely any lube on them. And um, so he's like, oh, these aren't great. And I was like, well, this is what we have. So it's like, this is what we're using, you know? <laughs> yeah. If you're paddling on a kayak, you're going to need a paddle. Yeah. It's like, why would you come? To the ocean without your paddle. <laughs> <laughs> I am the ocean. Paddle me. 
Or more, it's probably more like without your bathing suit, right? It's like, oh, so you weren't expecting to swim, but there's a possibility that swimming might happen. Bring your bathing suit. Yeah, it's just a good idea. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's nice. So I now I carry condoms everywhere because it should be normal. Oh. That the woman brings them as well. Anyone can bring condoms. I like that. That's 2021. Bring condoms. Let's do it. With you. Do, do, do. Be ready. But I have ready. definitely engaged in some risky behavior. Wrap it before you sack it. Yeah. I think it's what they say. Wrap like, it before you slap it. Don't be silly, wrap your willy. That's, That's one. what my brother used to tell me. Don't be silly, wrap your willy. Yeah. My, I think my brother taught me a good lesson in that he had an unexpected baby really young and he always used to say well he actually used to say don't stick your dick in crazy <laughs> but um, that's also a good idea to bring a condom too yeah taught me a lesson we'll repopulate those when needed but right now it's all good yeah i don't need it i've got this one the dog <laughs> got doggo well, hey also we'll do a quick mention that Bisexuality seems to be an LGBT people. There's like a huge crossover mm-hmm. with ADHD. So we are going to explore that in a future episode. I think so. I think yes. it's really interesting. Like you and me are bi. Yeah. I know we don't represent the whole ADHD population, but there's a subreddit called Bisexuals with ADHD. Yeah. And my partner is also bisexual with ADHD. So it's interesting. Like I think it's cool. Why well, we're just more open to exploring open. that side of ourselves. Yeah, curious. But that's also good to note that bisexuality does not automatically equal that hypersexuality. There are plenty of bisexuals yeah. who are asexual or demisexual or and, whatever. Uh, yeah. Whatever floats your boat. Yeah. So we hey. want to hear your guys LGBTQIA plus stories. How many of you are part of the Alphabet Mafia, like us? (laughs) LGBTQ plus. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us your stories. We look forward to hearing them on the ADHD's Instagram. Just message it up. And we'll discuss and explore navigating the world with ADHD, with bisexuality, LGBTQ plus. Yay. Right. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Slap a condom on it and go. Some people. <laughs> Enjoy. Live your life. Thanks for coming. Peace. Lots of love you. Love. Bye. Lots of hugs Peace. and smushes. <gasps> 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 ADSG Explorers. <gasps>